presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, a sports gambling podcast by betters for betters, connecting you with the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all the sports gambling industry. So as always, pull up a chair, open up your mind, and get ready to receive knowledge you won't find anywhere else. We can't thank you enough for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. This is Wise Words. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and beautiful gambling people joining us for episode number six of the Wise Words podcast. I am your humble, honored, and grateful host, Colton, Colt45, Soroka, Captain Colt, if you follow me on Twitter, and I can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by and get some of the best insights and analysis on the market from some of the brightest and sharpest minds in all of the sports gambling industry. Now, my friends, I don't have to say this, but I will anyway. We got another electric guest on tap today, a man who has one of them large brains, I always like to say as well. He's got plenty of insights, plenty of knowledge to lay out today, but before I bring him in, I must bring in one other gentlemen. You know him as a man that sits to my left on every episode of the Talk in the Line podcast, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, but also the man who sits in the box to my left on this here Wise Words podcast. Let me bring him on in for today's show, episode number six, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend, and oh, let's not forget South Cider Faithful, and TTL resident cheese head himself, Mr. Riley, Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I am as fantastic as I can be. It's, uh, you know, we're recording this before the weekend, so not the uh, typical victory Monday that I get to gloat about for my Packers. We are in the middle of my White Sox playoff postseason race, so it is Soxtober. I am juiced up for that, but none of that today. I am excited for our guest to ask a few more questions because as these have gone along, we not only have given our viewers so much knowledge on a daily basis to add to their repertoire, but also for us every now and then as well. So I'm excited for more of that, my man. You're telling me I have literally been building i've told you off of the show i've been building my own betting frankenstein as we've been going (laughs) guest by guest learning a little something new a little something else another tool to the tool belt and being able to just have these conversations and be an open form and kind of a chance to kick back and not give out stone cold analysis insights all that stuff man it's just so nice to kind of get to know the real version of uh some of these guys and some of uh their stories and backgrounds so without further ado you didn't come here to look at me or to look at that guy You came here to get some insights from the guy that will soon be below us. So let me tell you about him before I bring him on in for today's show. One thing I do know about him is uh, this time of the year is the perfect time to talk with this man because he owns a wealth of knowledge and not to mention he's one of the sharpest in the NFL and college football sports betting markets. You can find... The uh, majority of his content, and uh, as a matter of fact, 
He writes daily NFL and college football articles for Yahoo Sports and the Philadelphia Insider. So you know we're talking to the right guy. But I will tell you a little bit more. He is also the on-air host for Get Your Bets In with co-host John Jansen on Fox Sports Philadelphia, The Gambler. And he also is the on-air host for the Sharp Apps College Football Livestream Betting for Breakfast. Two shows I am a big fan of, and I suggest you tune into as well. Another thing, if you don't follow him on Twitter, a man who has been in this industry creating content for the better part of a decade, believe you me, you will be following him after this show is complete. As we like to say here at TTL Sports Media, he cashes tickets nonstop and has the insights and analysis to back it up. So without further ado, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, everybody joining us on episode number six, it is my pleasure to welcome in professional sports betting analyst and content creator, ridiculously knowledgeable human being when it comes to the world of football, and all-around Philadelphia man to the core, Mr. Mark Drumheller. Guys, thank you so much for having me on, man. I really love the show. I've been following you guys from the jump, and I'm really excited to talk some football today, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, well, we appreciate that. We cannot wait to uh, talk to you. Thank you so much for uh, stopping by, giving us some of your wise words. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it, Mark. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which part of the Frankenstein I want to be. Do I want to be like the screws in the neck or, you know, which part am I going to end up being? But hopefully, you know, we can give some useful information that, you know, can make the audience, uh, you know, win some bets over the weekend. Hey, sure enough. I always like to say the jury's still out on that, so we'll see uh, what part you end up being here by the end of the show. (laughs) So let's not waste any time, my friend. Let's get right into it. Um, Now, first things first. I uh, have been asking a lot of our guests this, and I've really been enjoying kind of the broad range of kind of answers that we get, because everybody has really a different perspective on not only the way they bet, but also kind of the the markets that they target. So one thing that I wanted to ask you that I've been asking all of our guests is, what is the number one piece of advice you would give a new better? Let's say I just walked into XYZ Sportsbook or just downloaded XYZ Sportsbook app. What is the number one piece of advice you would give that better, but also that new better, a daily degenerate could utilize those words as well? Yeah, when things really started to change and click for me was when I started to ignore the scoreboard. And it sounds crazy because that's how bets are graded, right? That's how, you know, the traders grade the bets. It's based on what the result is on the scoreboard. But the scoreboard, there's so much variance, especially in football that can happen during a game that the scoreboard doesn't tell the story. You really have to dig into the box score. You have to look at the individual drives. How did they score? You know, what, how really the game transpired, you know, turnovers, penalties, those things all kind of play into it. So, you know, we hear all the time about sports better saying, Oh, well, I was on the right side. I just got the wrong result. And that's something that happens a lot, you know, to be honest with you, it's just so much variance with, you know, the penalties and different types of officials and, they can have a big influence on the game. So, you know, just because you lose a game or lose a bet doesn't mean that your process was incorrect. And I think it's really important to kind of, you know, you want to adjust your process as you go. Uh, you definitely don't want to just stick to what you're doing, but don't let, you know, the re- one result or two results just kind of, you know, deter the way you're, you know, going through your week and placing your bets because, 
there's a lot of variance, man. A, a team could win 37 nothing, and it could be a close game. Like we saw with Notre Dame and uh, Wisconsin. You know, that game was very, very competitive mm. until the very end. But if you're yep. just looking at the score, you're thinking it's a blowout, and you're rating, you know, the Fighting Irish way ahead of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I like that uh, you talked about the process because that is something that I think all betters can really utilize is, is the moment that you think you have the right process is the moment that it all goes wrong. And I love that. Uh, that's kind of where you took that. I appreciate the hell out of that answer. And again, appreciate the hell out of you being here, Mark. Um, partner, what do you got, my friend? So switching tunes a little bit here. Obviously, you cover Philadelphia sports. You cover that force, Philadelphia media. As far as tips for betting on your favorite team or teams, what's the, or maybe do, uh, there's a do not that you'd like to share. What's what's that tip or do not that you'd like to share about betting on your favorite teams? Yeah, it's it's almost like do what I say and not what I do, right? Because I really, <laughs> yeah. if, I don't think you should bet on those teams, and it's very mm-hmm. difficult because nobody knows a team better than its biggest fan, right? right? So being a fan of you know your local teams, you know them the best, but it's very hard to be subjective. You're emotionally invested, um, and it's just tough. And to be honest with you, some of the worst bets that I made have been, you know, with my local teams, with the Eagles or with the Sixers. And you just think mentally there's that person on your shoulder that's like, oh, they can't lose this game. Right. But, you know, (laughs) you're not really looking at it from the outside. So if I was, you know, giving anybody advice, I would tell them to just enjoy those games as a fan. Don't let sports betting take that away from you. Keep that fandom and just sit back and enjoy the game. Yeah, it's great advice. I, I'm a diehard Packers fan, so I mm-hmm. typically fall into that uh, bad advice as far as actually backing them. But I mean, the general uh, the general advice, the general good advice is to typically keep yourselves out of it. <laughs> yeah, just stay at a distance and, yeah. and, you know, use the game to evaluate the other team. Right. So sure. if the Packers sure. are playing, you know, the Vikings, you know, you can still do some scouting. You can yeah. still get some information out of it, you know, just do it on the Vikings. So, you know, look to play, you know, four against the Vikings the following week, That's just, yeah. you know, lay off the home team. Cause it's just, yeah. <laughs> it, to me, it's been very difficult, you know, right. to actually look at it objectively. Definitely. Same here. I'm a bears fan. So we obviously oppose on the show, but uh, you get that from time to time. No big deal. We, uh, we throw blows every once in a while, but Hey, it's all right. I still love my guy at the end of the day, but um, actually kind of sticking with uh, some of those trends. And you mentioned it right there at the end, um, kind of using maybe your home team to gain film, if you will, on that opposing team, kind of sticking on that same track track. Now, when you, go to handicap games and I don't want to get, want you to give away all of your trade secrets, all the good stuff, everything in between. But when you do go to handicap, what are some of those key insights, key trends, or maybe you're watching one of those games to, and you're kind of jotting some stuff down to the side, like this is what I really target in on, or, or maybe some things that uh, our viewers out there can target in on as well. Yeah, there's a lot of different things, right? So if you're just watching the game kind of as fan and seeing it, um, believe your eyes, right? So I think we see that a lot in sports, college football, especially if you see a team and they're struggling, let's say they can't block anybody, right? Like the, you know, the bears are playing, uh, you know, the lions and the lions can't block anyone. The bears getting a hundred sacks, you know, and, mm-hmm. and people are surprised at that and thinking, Oh, well, you know, the lions, their offensive line, it's new. They're going to get better as the weeks go on. They're not going to get better. Right. And they're especially not going to get better the next week. So we, right. we see that a lot. Yeah. You see the much more with like successful teams, like, okay, you know, maybe a good team, like we'll use the, uh, you know, the, uh, like, give me a good team in the AFC, the Ravens, for instance, right. right? Let's say the Ravens give up a ton of sacks. Ronnie Staley's out. 
all of a sudden, we tend to look at those things as outliers because we like the team and we think the team's going to be successful. So we gloss over those. Um, not a great idea because usually it's indicative of future performance. Mm. You know, and as far as like some of the stats that I use, it's I think the biggest key now is we have so much data and so much stats and stats evolve and, and we get smarter and smarter, you know, as uh, you know, sports betters and handicappers just because we have so much more useful information. But it's understanding what the data is telling you, you know, like, for instance, I had a great conversation um, on Twitter yesterday about the Eagles and, and yards per play, right? So the Eagles are right. third in the NFL in yards per play. And, you know, I was advising everyone to watch out. It might be fool's gold a little bit because they have a trillion penalties. So when you're looking at statistics that are just solely based on yards, uh, you, you don't, you're not taking into account the game situation, right? So if the Eagles are constantly at second and 20, constantly at third and 15, the defense is going to give you, you know, 10 yards. So, right, you know, right. you want to kind of blend it with success rate, you know, what's their offensive success rate, because the defenses are going to be playing them a little bit different if they're, you know, constantly in second, third long situations. So just kind of not having one stat as the end all be all, just kind of blending them all together and understanding the context of each. Sure. And I think context is really, really important for sure. And and most definitely in, in uh, college football, like you mentioned with the Notre Dame and Wisconsin game. I mean, it's so easy to look at some of those blowout losses and hey, it was 10 to 10 at the end of the third quarter. I mean, it's it's so important to do that. But at the same time, you kind of mentioned it, everybody kind of being experts, having a phone, having the ability to uh, look stuff up, you can kind of get lost in those trends and all that stuff too. So kind of finding that balance. So I appreciate that as well. My friend, what do you got over there? So just switching tunes again a little bit here. This isn't this is something we haven't had the opportunity to ask our guests, and I'm really interested to hear your opinion on this. How important is it for you know for any better, I guess, and especially the average person to start tracking their bets in an attempt to you know obviously see whether they're making or losing money, but in an attempt to learn from you know whether it's their mistakes or what they're good at. How important is that uh, for you, and then uh, how you would advise other people to do that? Yeah, it's an excellent point. I mean, it's extremely important because, you know, how I got into sports betting was just that I was so obsessed with my hometown teams that I wanted mm -hmm. to know what made them win, what made them right. lose, you know, what yeah. makes teams successful, what doesn't, right? And then you start kind of digging into that and then you kind of get an idea of, you know, how teams work and, and how the game's played and, and keys to look at. And then that kind of just evolves into sports betting. But when you track yourself, you're able to not only see like, which games you won or lost, but it gives you a data set to kind of digest, right? And dissect and, and pick apart, you know, okay, you know, am I betting a lot of underdogs? Am I betting underdogs, short underdogs? Are they winning, you know, long underdogs? Mm -hmm. Am I betting a ton of double digit underdogs? Maybe I'm right. 0 and 12, or maybe a one in 13 on double digit underdogs, but right. I just remember the one because that was <laughs> right. hit and I told everybody right. on Twitter about yeah, it. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? And everybody, right. you know, gave me a thousand likes, but you know, you can really kind of, pick apart, you know, your behaviors. And, and not only that, but just find out where you're successful. And that's going to help you because those trends within yourself could be trends within the league as well. And then you mm -hmm. can kind of pinpoint them as the season goes on and maybe attack them in a different way. Yeah, I think it's a great point because I, mean, I know as far as the average person, I don't think the typical person who, you know, doesn't do this for a living or doesn't, whether it's professionally handicapping or content, I don't think they do that. And then they'll, you know, they'll have their five favorites and maybe they'll go four and one, but then they open it. And it's like, well, why did I lose a couple bucks here? Well, it's because you did this parlay, that parlay, this one. And I, and then, yeah. like you said, they don't really learn from those mistakes. So I think it's great advice.
Yeah, and a great example last year. Like, I'll be the first to admit, I was I was down in October. October was yeah. a terrible month for me last year. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that things are starting off a little different this year. Mm -hmm. But I had a good September. I had a terrible October. I was able to dig myself out, um, you know, the rest of the year. But I, I kind of looked at it and had to figure out, you know, what did I do wrong in October? Was I just picking the wrong games? And I think the hardest part about this time of the season is, you know, you have to balance – you know, how much weight you're putting on your priors, your preseason, you know, rankings of these teams yeah. and mm -hmm. blending it with what you're seeing on the field now and, and meshing those two can be difficult. I think it's difficult for everybody because internally you don't want to give up on what you thought about a team coming into the season, you know, like, right. Hey, right. you know, last year, you know, Riley, this is a great example. Last year, very down on the Packers. I, I mm -hmm. thought the Packers were going to implode. I said, the Aaron Rodgers mess. I said, you know, there's no way there were underlying metrics that led you to believe that it was an outlier and they were going to come back down to earth last year. Mm -hmm. And I held on to that way too long into the right. season when it was very clear the Packers were going to be right back where they were the previous year. So um, just blending those, two things together during the season is kind of like what you have to do now in October because by November we know what the teams are and we're right. pretty comfortable with where we're at but that can right. be difficult and if you're not tracking yourself you don't know where you're falling short right definitely love it partner we have not asked a guest that yet and that that uh holy cow we went into a whole nother rabbit hole on that that was awesome I love <laughs> that holy shit all right keep it moving keep it grooving um I want to kind of get a little bit more into betting some markets, some specific markets, Pacific specific, however you like to say it. Um, everybody knows the spread. Everybody knows money line. Everybody knows the total. Uh, we actually talked a little bit about uh, tonight's total time of recording Thursday night football. We'll see where that goes uh, before the show. But everybody knows that everybody can be an expert on that. Everybody can dish out those plays. I want to know, in your opinion, what are some of those side markets that might have the most value that kind of those novice betters glass glass or gloss right over and don't really take the time to look at it, but at the same time are extremely, extremely valuable. Yeah. Well, it's really, you know, the smaller market, the better, because that's, you know, the, you know, the books are, are not going to have their top people in those markets, you know, making these lines, right? Like their, right. their top people aren't, you know, doing XFL lines in week one or, or whatnot, right? And that, yeah. that was somewhere where, you know, I had a lot of success in the XFL. And when you get these secondary leagues to pop up, you know, there's a lot of WNBA is getting a little more popular, uh, you know, but that, that's a big one. But if you can find some of these smaller markets, you can really kind of take advantage of it early. Like I love the XFL because every game was on TV. So I could tape every game. I could DVR every game. I'm dating myself a little bit, go back, you know, break every game down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it, all four of them were on TV. So now yeah. I see every team play every play and you can kind of like, you know, you fast forward, you go through, you don't sit there through the whole thing, but it gives you the ability to kind of break it down. And, and, and there wasn't a lot of data out on it. So mm. it was almost like, Hey, we were, we had a leg up on the books, you know what I mean? And right, it was, there right. was definitely some opportunity there, but, as far as the major sports, if people don't like doing that. The best part about how sports betting has taken off is there's just so many different markets within the major sports. You know, one area that I got into was um, period betting and hockey. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was, uh, you know, somewhere where there are a lot of edges early in the season. Now, of course, eventually they catch up and, and all of a sudden, you know, your minus 120s or minus <laughs> 220s and right. all the values gone. Right? right. But if you kind of something like that, it's just math. You're tracking when the teams are successful in mm -hmm. which periods. And then you're kind of putting it together just like you do totals. Um, so 
you know, stuff like that, those secondary derivative markets, I, I think there is some value in there. But in my opinion, in my experience, the smaller the market, the better you're going to find the biggest edges. Sure enough. And we've talked with other guests in the past about um, kind of some of the prop markets in the NFL and how a lot of people or maybe just the books in general would like for you to think that they are just huge money makers and everybody's throwing money at them and they're generating yeah. so much handle. And really, at the end of the day, they're not that much at all. Is that kind of the truth? Is that kind of the, the sense you get or is that kind of something cooked up? Yeah, I don't I don't do a lot of props, man, because yeah. it's they limit you pretty quick. You know, sure. not to be funny, like you'll, you'll, you'll have a yeah. big hit. You'll go in there next day and they're like, okay, max bet $2. And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Now I did right. all this research. Right. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? And I can't bet to get, you know, I can't bet all my work. So right. that's a little bit of a challenge. I, I think with the prop market is just that they are, they will give you some good prices and there's a lot of variance in, mm. you know, you can find some arbitrage between different books. And if you really want to do your homework, but to me, it's just, it, once you start winning, they're going to put the clamps on you because it's, you know, they don't need that market. So they can kind of box you out. So uh, I haven't really put in a lot of work on it. You know, if somebody gives me a tip or something, I might tail them, but sure. you know, very limited on the props. Yeah. We give out maybe one or two for each of us on, on our daily show, but yeah, we definitely mm -hmm. say limit on them. Cause even then, I mean, it's so hard to make a profit on your minus minus one ten. Your your minus one Oh eights. Maybe. I mean, they're starting at minus one fifteens, and then, then they're staying yeah. the same that whole time. And then, Maybe you get burned by a yard or two yards. It's just, it's not worth the price at all. So appreciate that answer once again, my friend. Partner, what do you got, bud? Yeah, I guess kind of kind of switching tunes, but you kind of touched on a little bit. As you've been in this space and now over the last two or three years, obviously the volume of people in this space have kind of obviously boomed. Have you found it any easier or harder to, you know, find an angle? Maybe you feed off of, you know, a mass type of public bet, or is it not much different since you've been in this space? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, the popular angles get get kind of eaten up quick, right? Because they get out there and they get more popular and then all of a sudden they're not there. Like I talked about the NHL period betting, um, yeah. you know, Chris Otto, uh, PSU Otto was, um, he did a lot of stuff and he would, he was a great follow on Twitter. He would upload all his data. So you had all the data there for each team in the periods and it made it real easy. Mm -hmm. That stuff was great. But like I said, the market adjusted real quick, right? Once they yeah. started getting hammered on it, they decided you know, to, to kind of, you, you, then you start seeing the minus 180s and the, the minus 220s. And it just becomes, right. you know, at that point, you got to win, you know, 60, 70% of the time in order to turn a profit. It becomes sure. not worth really the time that you put into it. So hmm. uh, that sort of stuff. But I do think the benefit of it is you get so the ability to just kind of network with so many different people. And yeah. in that networking, you're going to end up you know, having different ideas about a game and seeing how different people approach, you know, the game and, and you yeah. know, what stats some people might think are more important than others. And, you know, so it's a constant learning experience. And I think the more popular it is, the more people that are involved in it, it's just better for everybody because, you know, it gives you the ability to constantly check yourself. And that's what you want to do. Yeah. You want to hold yourself accountable. That's really half the battle is kind of understanding your own behaviors and, you know, uh, you know, keeping yourself accountable, you know, throughout the year. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a great answer. And I mean, I, you know, part of the you know purpose of this show is kind of what you said as far as the community of connecting people and getting different advice. And, you know, I think we've done a decent job of that so yeah. far. Obviously, and it could be, hey, like, yeah, and it could be like a, a simple thing like, hey, you know what, I'm on, you know, the 49ers over the Packers because I'm out yeah. there and I'm on Twitter and I'm saying A, B and C. And you could right. DM me and yeah. be like, hey, listen, man, like the Packers are doing this all week at practice. 
mm-hmm. think we might see this and then yeah. that could open up a world of opportunities you know in the prop yeah. market in the game and the total whatever you, yeah. you know. most definitely most definitely I love it. I love it. And actually kind of sticking on that track. I love when we are able to segue like this, because I was about to take it kind of right into uh, the market getting bigger and bigger and more people coming in, but a little bit different tune from me. Now, we still run into a lot of people, obviously us being in the Midwest. I don't still feel that it is grabbed uh, as firm a grasp as it has in a lot of uh, other areas so far. I mean, it's really starting to come up. Don't get me wrong, but just not as firm as some other areas. And you hear a lot of times that it's still taboo or it's just it's a maybe a shady back alley deal or oh don't people waste their lives away on that well obviously you have three professional content creators and sports betting analysts that seem to be doing just fine can keep uh, shirts on their backs and (laughs) so what what i want to know and we haven't been able to ask a guest this too so this kind of uh just came to me today as well is what will be your number one argument somebody that kind of says that and we have our own arguments that we've been able to say but i'd love to hear from you mark what do you? What would you say to someone who says, "Oh, it's so taboo. It's just a waste of your time, a waste of your life." What would you say to that person? Yeah, well, as far as the, I mean, the taboo part, it's becoming bigger, bigger part of our culture, right, and part of the right. fan experience. You know, you say that about fantasy football in the beginning too, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, you know, yeah. everybody's, everybody's, you know, family is at the office doing pools and and fantasy football, and they have their fantasy football team and everything like that. So, I think that's just a matter of it getting integrated. But I do think that. You know, some of the concerns are valid, but I I would say and I would argue that I think the sports betting space in general does a very good job of policing itself. You know, when you hear the most popular shows, right, everybody out there with a stream is is not going to, you know, give you the rundown on, you know, the dangers of gambling. But a lot of the most successful, you know, streams and shows out there do talk very emphatically about bankroll management and you know i've i've heard some of the most successful shows say hey listen if you're going into the year and you have x amount of dollars to spend then maybe you should be betting five dollars a game you know maybe you should yep. be betting ten dollars a game and that's the beauty of the sports books is these apps will let you put in a 50 cent bet if you want so right. you know as long as you're doing it responsibly within your means and doing it for entertainment then it's fine it's no different than going to the bar and and you know doing a shot every time they score a touchdown and having a good time and, and running up a $150 right. bill than if you're betting $20 on the total, right? What, what, like, right? What's really the difference? You're just using it for entertainment. Mm. Um, it's part of the fan experience. But I do think that sports betting shows in general and the community in general has done a great job stressing bankroll management mm. and how important it is to play within your means. Yeah, that's one thing we try to do on our daily show, too. I mean, we always talk about having a unit system, always sticking to that bankroll management, not mm-hmm. uh, 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 afford to be who you can be, right? <laughs> that old yeah. saying. Yeah. So don't don't ever go above your means. So that, yeah, I I, uh, I love where you took that for sure. Um, had a little something else. I'm sure that'll come back to me at some point in time. I always tend to do that. So, uh, partner, <laughs> hit him with it, my friend. So I guess switching back to, uh, you know, Philadelphia, Philly area, the you know the general perception from the rest of the country is that you know Philly the Philly fan base is passionate and you know you know very opinionated and you know a lot of the stadiums can be I don't know if hostile is the right word but I would say in a good way hostile. From your perspective, you know obviously our industry you're going to lose close to half of your bets. Uh, you know depending on who you are, it's going to be you're losing forty percent, maybe even sixty percent. Do you feel that type of pressure at all from, uh, you know, your, you know, media fan or whether you're fans or, you know, your, your local, 
yeah, I guess Philly Philly fanatics, I guess, is what I would is trying. What yeah, it's um, it's it's different, right? I, I think it's a little different in each city. And the good part about Philadelphia is is that the teams are the bottom line, even yeah. over money, right? So mm-hmm. it's like right. you know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna feel heat if I'm going out there and I'm saying, hey, you know what? Lay the points with the Cowboys on Monday night because <laughs> yeah. they're gonna steamroll <laughs> right. the Eagles. I'm gonna right. get heat for that more yeah. than I would <laughs> yeah. if I said okay. take the Eagles and we all lost our money, right? Sure. So right. you know, the team winning is really the ultimate goal for our fan base. They're just okay. so passionate about their teams that I don't really get a lot of that unless I'm recommending betting against them which i don't do i mean typically right. i would i would say hey right. this is one that we might not want to bet or we sure. might want to look at the total or something else because sure. um you know you never want to bet against your your home team it's supposed to be fun right 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 yeah i i was just curious i guess if you say hammer in the eagles and then they lose maybe you get some flag for it but i guess uh you know it totally makes sense from our now the good part about it is the coaches take all the heat for that there you go there you go go. there you go all right i remembered where i was going uh you talked briefly in uh your last answer just before that um just uh how we're kind of seeing the integration of sports betting and sports content sports betting content rather into kind of the shows and the regular broadcasts we're already seeing. Now, we've asked a few guests in the past, and some of them have uh, kind of equated it to maybe the second or third inning in a baseball game. Now, I know you're not an MLB guy, but as far as content and what we're seeing, obviously this is, you've been in for well over a decade now, and you saw where it was kind of, it was it was hard to make content. Now, everybody and their brother can get a YouTube page, and if you have good insights, you can start to kind of build a following. What do you think is the future now for maybe uh, some of the guys that are on that baseline and really starting to grow their brand, their personal stuff from where it was to where it is? And where do you really think the future of sports betting content's going? Yeah, I think it's just another entry point into the mainstream media. I really think that that's what it's going to be. It's, it's, you know, I brought up fantasy football and I think that's probably the path that it's going, right? Like mm. you turn on CBS and you see or whatever network and you see they give you all the fantasy stats, all the rundown because they know that that's what people want to see. So they want right. people to watch. So they give them that information. I think you'll see the same thing with sports betting. I think it'll go hand in hand. I think the popularity of it as it becomes more and more popular is just going to open doors that, you know, some of these major, uh, you know, networks are going to want more people that can do you know, content on sports, not only on sports betting, but make it entertaining and, right. and, you know, be able to talk through that stuff. So I, you know, I think it's great for everybody. It just gives more opportunity for people. Um, and I just think it's going to continue to expand, but I just think you'll see um, just, it, it just have a bigger presence. So, you know, we've already seen like, right. you know, the Manning telecast and stuff. And I think some, you know, stations will probably move and do some side, you know, total sports betting, broadcast mm-hmm. but i think ultimately you'll see these major networks and and just kind of mesh the two to where it just becomes integrated as part of the regular conversation yeah and we've talked about that a lot in the past too with some of our guests just as far as kind of having that fully integrated across the board i always like to uh bring up I, my dad uh called me and we were talking about uh, back when the cubs were playing and he was like i saw plus 1600 something on an extra <laughs> what is that and i was like Oh yeah, they got prop markets for days. He goes, "What's a prop market?" And I was like, "Oh boy, is this sports has <laughs> yeah. got way yeah. past your time." He said, "Listen, I used to go in a back alley and tell John he'd write it down on his pocketbook, <laughs> and that would be it." I said, "Oh boy, we we got to get you on the Fanduel or something." But 
yeah, I, I love that um, it's really starting to become integrated more and more and that more of us content creators are really all on the same page. It's like, yeah, this this is the future. This is where it's going. Everybody come join the sweat. Come have some fun. So I appreciate that, my friend. Yeah, I think it's eventually going to get to a spot to where you can just kind of like live bet the games through the station. You know what yeah, I mean? Where yeah, they're yeah. just like, hey, do this, you know, from your television. You can kind of place the bets through the station. Um, you know, whether that's one of the major networks or whether Amazon comes in and, and swoops in and takes up everything like they've done in yeah, pretty much every other yeah, space, yeah, yeah. you know, they've already got rights to content, right? So they're streaming sure, the games. Sure. Um, if they were to open up their own sports book and kind of dive into that, you know, they can really, you know, get you on both ends. They have the content there. They wow. can have you play some bets while you're watching the content. And, you know, hey, they could send you free shipping on your vacuum cleaner that you want to buy, too, while you're at it, right? So they really have the opportunity to blend right. everything oh, together if, if they do get into that space and they can kind of yeah. shut everybody down. But wow. I think you might see the networks yeah. kind of follow that lead is that, hey, we got people watching this game. Why do we want them going on their phone, giving somebody else some of the money instead of, right. you know, having DraftKings pay you to advertise, just take the whole thing make the money they probably don't want to deal with the hassle but i think eventually it's it's ultimately all going to come together wow i uh i love that if you're seeing the reaction on my face that is a place <laughs> we have uh never taken that before and that got yeah. the wheel spinning because my friend that is that is not implausible and uh hey uh bezos i know you retired but you might have to uh, <laughs> let somebody know what's going on because that's a hell of an idea we might have just got the market quartered there mark <laughs> what do you got riley so I guess kind of continuing on that, you mentioned uh, this could look like how fantasy grew in. Do you think gambling is going to kind of overshadow fantasy at any point? Because, I mean, I still love playing fantasy. I played it I, since I was seven years old. But now the last couple of years, that especially since we've been doing this full-time gambling, I've started to put much less time into it. And, you know, it's still a nice connection to my friends with fantasy football. But do you think it's going to start being phased out? Maybe not phased out, but just – not as much of a household conversation as it used to be five years ago? Um, It's just maybe it might not be as popular, but I think the two will coexist and they'll blend together, yeah. right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. some of the most, you know, knowledgeable fantasy football analysts give so much to the sports betting community in the prop right. market, right? Sure. You know, and, and that's really, you know, the tools and the models that they have are um, very valuable, you know, as far as sure. if you're betting individual players in the prop market. Uh, so I, I think it's just eventually going to kind of blend together. I initially had thought sports betting would carve out its own niche and, and kind of be its own thing, but it just looks like it's all going to converge together. Um, yeah. And there's, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for everybody. So I don't think any of it's going away. The fantasy football community is humongous. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you're right. it's filled with so <laughs> yeah. many, so many talented 100%. people. You're kind of already seeing it all blend together. So I think that's really sure. what we're looking at in the future. Just, you know, everybody kind of enjoying a little bit of everything. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that as far as the prop markets because I've started to notice that as far as definitely being blended together through the first few weeks of this NFL well, season said, so far. Um, we have talked uh, a lot about sports betting, a lot of good insights. The words below me, you see it, wise words. Plenty of that happened here today. Um, but wanted to uh, maybe give you a chance, take off the sports betting analyst hat for a minute, get a little uh, Philly to the core. And uh, I know you're an Eagles fan. I know you're a Sixers fan. It's NFL season. Let's talk about the Eagles a little bit. Overall, state of the union for the Eagles. What's it like in the city? How's it going? How's everybody feeling? Brutal beat last week with the Chiefs coming into town. What's everything going on? How you feeling? And uh, from the fan perspective yourself. 
Yeah, we're not very happy as a, as a sports <laughs> community, to be honest with you. And it's not, you know, you go into the season, you know, it's kind of like a quote unquote rebuilding year and you're retooling and you want to find out what the quarterback has. And, and that's an adjustment for us, right? Because the Eagles in general have been pretty successful over the past, you know, 10, 20 years. Um, and it's, it's very difficult losing two games against, you know, the rival Cowboys. They let up 41 points, and then Patrick Mahomes does whatever he wants, puts up 42 against the defense. So there's a lot of frustration starting to build, you know, with the fan base and the coaching staff because it's not just that they're losing. It's the way that they're losing, right? They lead the NFL in penalties. They've had some bizarre calls in the red zone. Um, they just, you know, there is just isn't a lot of confidence coming from this new coaching staff, which can make a fan anxious, right? Because you're kind of, you just hired him, right? You can't fire him, you know, three weeks into the right. season and go into another guy. You want to right. kind of give him time to grow into the role, but those growing pains can be very tough on a fan base. And I think we're seeing that now with the Eagles. It doesn't help that the first part of their season, the first half of the schedule is brutal, right? Like we've mm -hmm. had the Niners, we had the Cowboys, mm -hmm. we had the Chiefs, yeah. you know, we play Carolina on the road, which is still a three and one team. I know a lot of people don't like them, but they're a team that's up and coming. And then they get the Buccaneers at home again, and it's just been like a gauntlet. Um, so hopefully they can hold things together if they can tread water through this first half. The second half, you get a lot of NFC East, right? A lot of, mm -hmm. you know, Washington football team, a lot of Giants. They get the Jets, right? So um, things get much easier in the second half. We just hope that we can make it till then, you know, and, and still yeah. have something to fight for. Right. Going into the season, I thought if they can – you know, Treadwater be 500 through the first half of the season, they could really make a push for the division. But right now, mm. you know, I'm not sure if they are going to be able to tread water. And Dallas looks a little bit stronger than I expected, unfortunately. So uh, we're going to have to see how things play out. But it, it's a little rough here in Philadelphia right now. <laughs> As to be expected. I, I was kind of expecting a little bit of that answer. But uh, you and me both there on the uh, star there in Dallas, my friend. I was extremely low on them coming into the year. And they... They've shocked me. Hey, we still got plenty of NFL weeks to play yet. A lot of but, time left. But gee, yeah, plenty of time for Mike McCarthy to show his true colors. So. Ah, yeah, that's, <laughs> we're that's, banking on that. That's kind of what I've been yes. thinking. But hey, who am I? Barter, what do you got, my friend? So switching gears, staying with Philly, I've never had a chance, at least the last few months, to talk to a Sixers fan in this type of context. State of the Union on the Sixers now. Not only the Sixers, but the situation, the elephant in the room that is every 76ers conversation, Ben Simmons. Any idea where you guys go? I don't know if how do you resolve it is the right word because I, I don't know if I've ever seen a situation like this with a player and a team. Yeah, so it's who are these Sixers, right? I don't even recognize yeah. this team anymore. Right. I feel like there's so much chaos yeah. going on. And it's really just a matter i said this from the beginning when this whole you know ben simmons we have to get rid of him you know campaign started after the playoff series and i had thought that getting rid of him would be the easy part and the challenging part would be who do you get in return and how do you build a championship team around the pieces that you have with joel and Bede right. and tobias harris it sounds easy but when you remove simmons from the equation you lose a lot defensively right and they really couldn't cover anybody against atlanta to begin with you know right. we know hoarder went off and you know, they, they really struggled defensively, I think, in that series a lot more than a lot of people expected. So you're going to have to get some kind of defensive talent back there to supplement that. But um, now that they can't, there's really not a trade market for Simmons. People kind of know that the Sixers are backed into a corner here. They're going to have to take, you know, pennies on the dollar. And, and they're going to really get a bad deal. And it's going to be tough because you have to – Maury's biggest test is going to be after he makes the deal – 
how do you put the other pieces around to turn this back into a championship team? And that's really, you know, what we're all waiting to see. But until, you know, Simmons moves on, I don't know who this team is because I don't know what they're going to look like. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like I said, I've never seen anything like it. And if, you know, you follow Daryl Moore, you know, he's not going to want to take pennies on the dollar. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's just such a struggle because a year ago you probably could have at least got, I would say maybe 75 cents on the dollar, but, after that playoff series, yeah, I, I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, this close to having Harden, which I, I, I was not <laughs> right. in favor of doing at the time yeah, because I was but, like, man, I don't know how many years this guy has left. He doesn't right. seem real committed. But uh, And you heard some bad stories out of Houston. But, sure. man, I tell you, it's they're not going to get anything <laughs> close to Harden now. Right. So it's, right. it, it's a little challenging. It's going to be challenging, but it'll be good to turn the page and kind of focus on basketball once the season comes, but I, I feel like they have to make a move soon. They can't let it drag out into the season. Right. And we're only about, uh, I guess at time of recording somewhere just under two weeks, I think from the start of the yeah. season. Yeah. So the, the seat's hot on Maury, but like Fox I said, the real thing, work yeah. is after the deal is done. Yeah. You know, w- what do you do from there and how do you get this right. team back in championship contention? Right. Right. What, what language are you guys just speaking? That, <laughs> whoa. What was that? You don't know it, Mark, but our fans do. Mags is the NBA guy. Obviously, you can totally tell. I love capping it. I love the spreads, but it gets into all of that. I just uh, do, do, do. Yeah, I, I love I love on the court as much as I love all of this off yeah, the court this, player this movement guy. type drama. So I'm a sucker for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I hey, I just absolutely love to cap it. So outside of that, man, we have covered so much. We got amazing insights from you analysis your thoughts on kind of the content sports betting eagle stuff we got philly stuff out of the way i have pretty much every box checked off that i could possibly want partner did you get anything or did you miss anything possibly that you wanted to ask the legendary mark drumheller no sir i am all tapped out on my questions here all right i'm about the same but we never let a guest dip on out of the Wise Words podcast without giving them an opportunity to uh, let our audience to know where they can find them. So, Mark, if you could be so kind, my friend, where can we find you on Twitter? And then uh, maybe some of your content out there, other places that we can uh, get your insights and analysis. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Colton. Listen, you can um, you can read me every during the week at Yahoo Sportsbook, um, doing NFL, college football content. Um, I have new articles coming out every day. So, you know, definitely follow those guys and you can read, you know, my content there. You can hear me every Friday on Fox Sports Philadelphia, The Gambler. You can stream it on iHeartRadio. Just tell Alexa, play Fox Sports, The Gambler, and she knows she's going to fire it up for you. So I'm on there Fridays, usually 530 live, you know, talking about the NFL uh, weekend card. So make sure you tune in there. And also every Saturday on the Sharp app, um, the Sharp new sports betting app, it's incredible. It's odds comparison, bet tracking. There's a ton of content in there. There's a master class um, from the Sharp Academy for novice or experienced bettors. They can kind of walk you through the different aspects of sports betting. So if you haven't downloaded the app yet, make sure you go out and download that Sharp app. But you can catch me in the Discord channel. There's a free um, Sharp Discord. You can get the link um, on my Twitter profile. Follow me at X underscore Drumheller, but we're in that Discord every Saturday talking college football all day and putting in some bets and making some money. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. And I will tell you straight from me, my friend, I live for your articles when you put them out. I love uh, I love your writing style. I love the value you put out there. So for me to you, I appreciate the hell out of your content, my friend, uh, 150%. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it so much, man. I loved having on, being on here. I can't wait to come back and do it sometime in the future. 
Oh, you better believe we're going to have you on for round number two, my friend. We got plenty to ask. We got plenty to talk about. And we got, what, uh, a whole nother 12 weeks of the uh, NFL season here. So I'm sure within a few weeks, we might have to uh, reconvene on those old Philadelphia Eagles. Huh? <laughs> Sounds good. All right, my friend. Hey, one more time. We appreciate the hell out of you, Mark. Thank you so much for coming on. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. Outside of that, to all of you who uh, stopped by episode number six of the Wise Words podcast, whether you remember the TTL faithful, somebody you just stumbled upon, or maybe you've been following Mark for a while and you come on over. Welcome. Thank you so much. We can't tell you how much we appreciate each and every one of you. As always, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Wednesday, unless you have any other plans. And hey, partner, let's cash some tickets. (laughs) 